Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. This is Garen and Jordan, and we're going to do something a little different this week. We just had David Mannard teach us from the pulpit this past Sunday, and he is the head of the KNCSB, which is the Kansas-Nebraska Convention of Southern Baptists, which is um, the group that we belong to within our denomination. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But as the head of the KNCSB, David came and spoke to us a little bit about our convention, and um, we wanted to continue the conversation on that because Garen thinks, and I agree, that it's really important that we know what it means to be Baptist and just some of these basic things about what uh, denomination our church belongs to and and why. And so this is going to be a little bit of just a training ground of covering some basics of why we're Southern Baptist and what it means for that, maybe how we interact with our convention so that when you see a guy like David come, he's not just the Garen fill-in, but oh, that's... That's David Manor from the KNCSB, and I know how our church exists within that, and there can be kind of a relationship there. So, Garen, is that a good kickoff? Have I, yeah, have I you started it. us off that's well? That's all really good. Yes. Okay. So, that's going to be the conversation. We're not going to comment on what David taught about because he is he's long gone. Private jet back to Topeka, whisked him away right away, so we couldn't do the wrap-up with him, but we're happy to hear talk about these things for now. So, Garen, let me just start by asking you, um, what does it mean to be Southern Baptist? Because we belong to the Southern Baptist denomination, our church yeah. does. Southern Baptist Convention. So what does that mean to belong to that? Yeah, that? and they would even say, actually, they're not a denomination, and that's why they use the word convention. So it's a Southern Baptist Convention, not yeah. a denomination. And the convention really is that they meet like once a year as a group. So they would really even say they're more of a fellowship or an association of like-minded churches who are kind of on the same mission together. Um, that's what they would say. And that in a minute, we'll talk about what a Baptist is, and that actually fits kind of what a Baptist is. When I see the stats, I see that Southern Baptists are the law, are the largest quote-unquote denomination in America. Uh-huh. So others would put that denominational label on Southern Baptists, but from within, we would say, we're actually a convention. Yeah. And does that and the difference is that conventions gather annually. Is that what you're yeah. saying? And even, yeah, they would even say the, con- yeah, that convention was really weird. They, they get, so the church is gathered annually to talk about things as a group that they want to represent or matter to them. But it's really more that they're churches that fellowship together. Yeah. Strictly speaking, a denomination would be a, like Presbyterian, a lot of Methodist, United Methodist to where they actually, the top has control on churches, oh, can okay. influence things. So if you use denomination loosely, we are, but they, Baptists usually say we're not a denomination. That's just something if you grow up in their world. So another reason we would say we're not a denomination is because there's no one in the top, at the top of the pyramid dictating to us what to do, do. which is a big part of being Baptist as we'll Uh we'll learn here. Yes. That we have autonomy as a local church. Yeah. Okay. So what does it mean 
to be a Southern Baptist church in the Southern Baptist uh, conventions. Yeah. yeah. Said, if yeah. I were to, to define it, um, because people have a lot of opinions about Southern Baptist. I even met a guy in Kansas City at Casey Joe's Barbecue who had a negative opinion of Southern Baptist. And he's in a fundamental Baptist church, and I became a believer in a fundamental Baptist, and they didn't like Southern Baptist. And he was like, you know, why would you do that? And he was telling me the things that I heard that basically, like, they pick your pastor and they control things and all that. And it's not true at all, actually. It's a great misunderstanding. I, For me, the main thing is it's churches that are, that are Baptist in their distinctives, which we'll get to, and that that's the core. They're committed to the Bible. They're committed to the Great Commission and the kingdom of God. And they're like, let's work together. We're going to fellowship together and pool resources so that we can do things that as individual churches we can't do. Okay. And so the International Mission Board, you send money into them, and then they can send out missionaries. Um, we, currently, we currently support the Blacks, the Lindsays, and the Hans, who are part of the International Mission Board. The Blacks used to be before they retired. And so it's cooperating together to send missionaries and the national, NAM, national something. You can tell how much I live in that world. Is it the North American North mission? American Mission Board. Right, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know better than, you're a better Baptist than I, Baptist than I am, Jordan. Um, work together for initiatives in the North America. So like supporting like people who do college ministry, um, just different things, church planting. So it's things like that. So it's, it's saying we're going to cooperate together because we've got bigger purposes that just by myself, we can't do very well. But if we cooperate, we can. And that's the main thing for me that it is. So let me get this straight, make sure I understand. So a big part of being Southern Baptist means that our convention, which is all Southern Baptist, want to pool resources together for missions because missions is a high value for us. And so when we pool them together, we can do things as a group that we couldn't afford to do individually. And we're all moving in the same direction that Uh way. And there's two main entities through which we do missions in Southern Baptist life. One would be NAM, which is domestic missions here uh-huh. in North America. And then the other is IMB, which we talk about a lot, or International Missions Board, which is foreign missions. Yeah. And those are the two arms of the missions body for Southern Baptist. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And what's unique about 12th, so you'll find we are Southern Baptist. We were started as a Southern Baptist church. That's who we affiliate with. We're not your average Southern Baptist, we're not your grandma's Southern Baptist church in that we do missions actually very unique. Most Southern Baptists, all of their mission money goes to the International Mission Board and they're not sending any individual missionaries. The vast oh. majority of our missions money, we're right. We're deciding who we support. So that's not common. That is not common to Southern Baptists. That is, that is in fact very rare. And so there's some ways that we're actually unique. And I like that we have this blend where we're doing some things on our own like most of our missions is are people that have come out of our church or people we support that we've got to know. But we also help with the IMB because we are helping with so know, some of those people. When you walk into church and you see that bulletin board of all the missionaries and their pictures, that's not common for a Southern Baptist church because most Southern Baptist churches will just mail a check in to the yeah, IMB. To the say, IMB. Here's our donations for, for missions. Yep. You guys do what you want with it. We still do that, but on a much smaller scale because most of our money goes to our yeah. home church missionaries. Yep. Okay. So most Southern Baptist churches aren't having missionaries come back for a missions conference that like, you pray for us, you support us, we know you. Most of the, those churches, they don't, they're just supporting the thing, which is fine, and they don't know individuals at all. So can I ask you why we're so different in that? Why, Or maybe even, you've been here a while. 
Um, can you tell us like, have we always been that way? And why are we that way? Why are we so different? Yeah. From what I've heard, a pastor in the mid eighties that came, Don Bryant, brought a kind of a more independent view of missions, which is supporting missionaries on your own. And that that really took off. He built up our missions program. Because the problem with, you know, the IMB, there's nothing wrong with it, but churches that do that, missions just isn't, it's harder to have a big focus because you're not supporting people individually that right. you know. And he really had a heart for it. And he brought in more of that model of a totally independent church. Like let's people support don't, our own. People don't get as excited about mailing in a check. Yeah. Not, a, yeah. Once a year, you know, yeah. you collect the Lottie Moon Fund and it goes in every December, whatever that this is a way to get people much more invested. So I pref- this is the model of the church where I became a believer and I prefer it. And it's, it's been the history of 12 since the mid eighties and it's done us well and we're going to keep doing it that way. Cool. So. Okay. So what are some other, we talked about missions, which is cool. What are some other Southern Baptist uh, distinctives, things that set us apart from other churches maybe? Yeah. I mean, the other thing, there's not much else. I think if we go to this next one. Oh, okay. You already move that, on. But to me, that's the big thing is just we cooperate we're on, we want, we care about the word of God. We care about the mission of God and we cooperate in that stuff. And we're like-minded. So it's people to fellowship with sure. and okay. to help out. And then, then you've got this state association of this Kansas, Nebraska yeah. that we're much more in contact with. So that's our next question is we hear the letters K and CSB a lot. Explain. So we said that's Kansas, Nebraska convention of Southern Baptists. Explain what that is and what our relationship to them is. Yeah. So that's where they're trying to get it more grassroots. And so those are the guys up in Topeka, David Manor, um, you know, John Shields, George Bujakla used to be with them. Um, John Sapp, who interimed here, was part of that. It's just a, it's a, it's a group up there and they're like, what, let's do things to help, um, help churches in Kansas, Nebraska on a smaller level, help us to get better, help us to grow, help us thinking about what are some communities we need to church plan in in Kansas, Nebraska, in your county. And every Southern Baptist church in America belongs to not only the big Southern Baptist convention, but also a smaller convention. Uh-huh, that's smaller. Uh-huh. So it's like in the NFL, the Chiefs belong to the NFL, but uh-huh. also the AFC West. Also, well, I'd say they belong to the AFC. In oh. a minute, we can get to the AFC West. Oh, there's layers. Yeah, so they're in the AFC. Okay. The next layer would be there's then associations where oh. churches are even more confined. And for us, it's uh, the Flint Hills Association. And as churches kind of Topeka, Lawrence, down through Emporia, some rural, but a lot that have like college age that are similar. Okay. okay. And so we're, it's, it's the idea that we can even get together and we understand we can, you know, I can meet with the guys from Lawrence, like, what are you struggling with, with, you know, how's your campus ministry or how's college students affecting you? Like we have similar things. Okay. Okay. So to even help at even a smaller level. And we belong to that Flint Hills Association, which is even more laser focused in than the KNCSB. And so Danny Payne, who has preached here, who used to be a youth pastor and who preaches here occasionally is our association dude. They call him, there's a word for it. Uh, It doesn't matter. He's just our dude. And that's why part of the reason I bring Danny in because he has a connection here and he is our association Oh, cool. Guy. He, so he would be the AFC. AFC West would be our Flint Hills. <laughs> AFC would be Kansas, Nebraska. Right. NFL would be okay. Southern Baptist. I like how you did that. That makes I you, love ma- sports that makes you Mahomes, right? That's and, your worst yeah, nightmare. Yeah, so that means, which is my worst nightmare. So <laughs> I'm actually part of the AFC West. Does that make me Kelsey? We're, oh, no. we're the Broncos, 12th Avenue. Oh, good. I know Let's there's switch. a lot of people who think we're a Chiefs <laughs> church. We're not. We're Broncos church because I'm, I'm, 
I'm the lead pastor. And so what I say goes, that's- Am I Melvin Gordon? You're going to cut me? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. No, I want to be Ed McCaffrey if we're picking Broncos. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Mack, so. Okay, cool. All right, well, but that that's clears great. things up a little bit. That's really So good. the Cannes, Nebraska, Jordan, what they really focus on is they want, they do trainings. They'll do meetings of like, hey, we here's a guy that's modeling this in his church really well of developing leaders. Or I went to one last year. How do you be healthy as a pastor? How do you not burn out? So they're doing stuff to try to help us not only to help us like reach out like church planning in Kansas, Nebraska and helping grow more the kingdom in Kansas, Nebraska, but they're also trying to help pastors and churches. So when we, when I retired, then it's like, Hey, yeah, John Sapp can come down. Okay. So they help, they help that way. They provide resources for us. We do fund them. We send some money in our missions budget to the Kansas, Nebraska, because we value them and we want to help them, you know, that group do church planning and, and they do training. So there's a, a good partnership with that. And okay. I, so the people we're close to are those Topeka people. And I love those guys. That's why I have David Manor come because I love him. I love his teachings. Great. I want us to know who he is and to ha- keep a connection with him. That's why I invite Danny. Yeah. He's the association guy. They're just not fill-ins. Right. They're it's intentional. Yeah. It's intentional. Um, can I ask you this within the KNCSB how, I mean, we are a little bit different with our missions budget, yes. it looks like. So are, is that viewed as a, as a good thing or are people wishing we would do it just like everybody else? Or, I mean, what's the thought yeah, there? Good question. Um, when we get to Baptist in a minute, it really fits because the Baptist inf- emphasize the autonomy of the local church. And so it really kind of is like nobody's business. Okay. We could say, um, I'm sure the, the, the Kansas, Nebraska, or the head of Southern Baptist be like, hey, we'd like a little more money into our big pot to help yeah. out. Um, but no, we're, but that's we're part of the good, beauty of being a Baptist. That's part of the beauty of it. And we're in good do, standing that yeah. the guys in Topeka, they, they, I get along with them. Great. Our staff does. They, they love 12. I don't know. Whenever so, I go to KNCSB stuff and I see where I'm from, I always get kind of a look. So I thought maybe you uh, had upset some people. Yeah. And that's no, not me. It's just, and they always see me in the they, back. I always yeah. get to eat last. It's like, yeah. man, it's well, because you're in the youth ministry. That's oh, why. that's just you the guys, youth pastor treatment. It's just youth pastor Now I get it. They're like, oh, that guy, his pastor is a Bronco <laughs> guy. So we're going to put him in the back. Okay. So can CSB offer some resources for us, mm-hmm. some trainings, if we mm-hmm. ever were to switch pastors um, again, which you're eternal, so that won't happen. But if we were, they might send like another John Sapp yeah, to kind of Yeah, if we invited them and it comes it. from us, it's our initiative, but we go, hey, oh, do you have somebody? So they're if, there if we need them. Uh-huh, they're there if we need them. It's okay. not like, oh, you're without somebody, so we're going to send. Yeah. It's at our invitation. And in return, they are a part of our missions budget where we do support the KNCSB uh-huh. financially, as well as IMB. Do we support NAM financially as well? Um, when you IMB, when I know. We have a missions person in here to NAM, tell us I'm about the budget. I'm not certain of that. Okay. I know IMB... I know Ken's Nebraska. Okay. And am I kind of don't think so. Okay. Some might slap me on the wrist. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Slap me in the hand. I'm not sure about okay. that. Okay. And so that's our, that's kind of our role within KNCSB. We are, okay, let me ask you this. KNCSB, 12th Avenue Baptist, are we like a bigger church in the KNCSB? Are we a pretty typical ba- uh-huh. ba- no, Southern Baptist church or? The average church probably in our association, Kansas, Nebraska, I bet even nationally is probably 85 to 90. Whoa. So we are, we're a pretty big church. We're a big fish. Yeah. We're a big fish. We're not like some of the Wichita, Kansas City ones. Are they smaller? Uh, yeah. Just, you mean the Kansas City? No. Yeah. There's some pretty big ones like in Kansas oh, City. The, oh, I'm sorry. In the bigger some cities, there are some big bigger ones. ones. Okay. But even most of the ones in but those cities aren't that big. a lot of them are probably big. rural. 
uh-huh. you know, a lot of rural. smaller towns, so smaller congregations. Yep. Okay. Very much. We're so. in the booming metropolis of Emporia. So obviously we have, yeah, you know, a ton of people. So we're probably, yeah, top 10, 15% is my guess. Okay. So. And quality and quantity, right? Yeah. Qu- definitely <laughs> quality. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good because I always hear those things, you know, KNCSB, Flint Hills Association, and you just kind of wonder, what does that mean for our church? Yeah. How do we interact with those guys? Um, okay. And we're, we're, we're in good standing with those guys. We love uh-huh. being a part of love that. Love being a part of them. I, they you, are a big you, help to us. Yeah, you as get we've to know seen. those guys. Sometimes okay. when we meet, you're like, man, yeah, hey, and I'll call guys, different guys in that. You know, Grant, who pastors up there in Western Hills, he used to be here. Um, um, there's just a number of guys. Well, that, Danny, I mean, Danny meets with, the youth guys once every month yeah. or every other uh-huh. month. So Danny I, see, probably I comes, see him often. And, comes here every other month just to have lunch with me. Yeah. To see how I'm doing. I call him for advice. I call John Shields. I call David Manor. Cool. Um, all those guys. Um, a lot of good guys in the KNCSB that we lean on. Yes. A lot I, of guys we really appreciate. They fit. I feel like they fit our our culture and the culture there is really similar. Okay. If you think of a normal Southern Baptist culture, it tends to be a pretty conser- more conservative and... Th- our our group fits 12th really well. That's why I appreciate them so much. So the the views and attitudes of KNCSB reflect the views and attitudes of 12th, the theology of 12th, kind of the ethos of 12th yes, pretty well. Yes, very much so. Okay. So when you walk into that room, it's not like you feel different than everybody. It's like, okay, we really, this is our home. Yeah. We're, we're, that's, these I are like our people. It's a good partnership. Okay. Yep. Very, very good. Much so. so we've been kind of talking about some of these things on a bigger scale of what it means to belong to these groups, but let's just like zoom in and bring it down to what it means to be Baptist. I mean, if I have a friend who goes to the Methodist church or Presbyterian church, um, what does it mean to be a Baptist, Karen? Yeah, so, and this is really important, and maybe this is the most important part of our conversation. I mean, what, what do you think? Because we still hear people like, I didn't check out your church for a year because Garen, it was Baptist. I hear that so often. Yeah. People have these stories. We just talked about it in staff meeting today. Yeah. People have these stories of, oh, well, I checked out every other church in town. I didn't come to you guys because I saw Baptist on the sign. But then I came and I loved it. So what is this stigma with yeah. a Baptist church that's keeping people I'm away? curious. Do you have, what are your, I grew up your... in, uh, in a first covenant church. We never really did like the mainline thing. And so I didn't know what the differences in any of those churches were. You know, I knew I had friends that went to all different churches. I never had a sense of what any of them were. So I, I think that if you would have said the word Baptist to me when I was in high school, I would have thought it was very strict. Yep, very strict. Kind of a stuffy room, uh-huh. probably wooden pews, uh-huh. probably some hymns, um, just like, yeah, very old school is what yeah, I would think old of. old school, hellfire and brimstone. Right. Yeah, very strict, very, very sweaty rule, pastor. Very rule oriented. <laughs> very what? Very sweaty pastor. Yeah. Preaching with the- with the- with the cloth, keep dabbing the forehead. Yeah, dabbing just, the forehead. Yeah, and, right. Uh, yeah. So, the, I mean, that's my thought, but I'd never been pulpit. in one. It's just kind of what I had in uh-huh. my mind for whatever reason. That so. is, that's what is most that people think. Is that the common stigma? Especially, I think that hellfire and brimstone. And, you know, if you think, if there's a denomination in my mind that people think of as like pharisaical, people wouldn't say that, but to them, like, represents the religion that's just strict and mm. maybe doesn't really care about people, cares about the rules. Oh. Baptist is probably the one that most people in their mind, that's okay. what they think of. Why is that? Because I think the history, the Baptists have tended to be Because that has that been the way. truth for a while. It, ha- it, okay. it was true for quite a while. It's not so much anymore, sadly, as much at all, but that very much was true. And, um, is that 
because I know there's different kinds of Baptists. There's independent Baptists, there's Southern Baptists, there's free will Baptists, there's yeah. these different things. So would that be true of all Baptists or, or are there like different yeah, flavors? It kind of has, there's different flavors, but it really has, that has kind of been the tradition. Baptists in America grew really strong on the frontier and a lot of frontier revivals. And there were a lot of tough people and there was a lot of hellfire judgment sermons preached on the frontier. And that really did form kind of a Baptist ethos in America. Okay, so okay, that okay. is a little bit the history. And Baptists for a long time were kind of an, were anti-intellectual. Uh, didn't like seminaries, didn't like Bible college. Like you don't go, I used to hear that in Bible, Bible college, don't go too deep in the word of God. You go deep in the word of God, you'll get messed up. And okay. There, so there's kind of an anti-intellectualism, but I think it's that hellfire and brimstone is the main thing Okay. in people's minds. They're afraid of like, if I go there, there are these judgmental, okay. hard, hardline people. Yes that maybe don't really care about me right. or the culture. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty opposite of what I feel like we've got going here. Yes. So I can understand how someone would would come in a little nervous Yeah. and then maybe spend 10 minutes here and say, oh, these are not the kind of people that I had expected. Yes. Yeah. Good surprise. Okay. Um, can we talk a little bit about within the big Baptist umbrella? We talked about different kinds of Baptists. We're not going to hit everything, but what are some of the more prominent, like, what would you call it? Would you call them denominations or like how you break out the different kinds of Baptists? What are the main ones there? And then how are we different from probably, the others? Probably the main ones would be, I think Southern Baptist, Northern, which, or American Baptists are called, and then probably independent Baptist who like don't, they don't like even to them, Southern Baptists get together too much, do too much together. So they'll be like, okay, we'll meet maybe once a month on a Saturday but we're not sharing mission money. We're not doing anything together. You're not talking about the church meets once a month. No, just the like, the like ten independent Baptist pastors in Western Kansas oh, get see. together okay. once a month, and they fellowship and they're hanging out, and they may do a youth thing together once a year. But they all really like to have their own thing. They going. want their it's their own church. Okay, and they do their own missionaries. Period, and they okay. don't want any deep ties to anybody, and um. I have found like with the Southern Baptist, it's loose, that confederation, whatever you want to call it. But I find value in having that. Those guys in Kansas, Nebraska, I find value that they can help us with an interim. So to me, there's value in yes, in working together with some people. Yeah. So the, the independent mindset, I mean, that's why I became a believer as an independent fundamental Baptist church. And that I, growing up, not growing up in it, but being in it, I saw some of the things that weren't good about that. Okay. Being, yeah, just our own thing. So there's different kinds of Baptists. We are Southern Baptist, uh -huh. even though we're not really in the South. We're in Kansas, but we're Southern Baptist. Yeah, so, and I didn't finish very well. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. independent Baptists tend to be very conservative. Okay. Very, that hellfire and brimstone, they're much more that way. Oh, really? Yes. They're, and that's part of the reason they're just their own thing. They're just, oh, okay. um, that generally is true. There's always exceptions. Southern Baptists, um, especially these days, are pretty, you know, more are much more like what Twelfth is like. They have moved generally away from that super conservative ideal okay. that you used to have. You get down south, there's still some of that. Okay. And you go to Missouri, surprise, surprise. They're very conservative. <laughs> uh, good things can come out of Missouri, though. Like right? the Hollenbecks. Like the Hollenbecks, but yeah. other than that, I don't. That's about it. That's about it. So, and it's good, and that's why they left. I think. Right. Right. Because they were the bet, and they said, oh, we "Yeah, gotta. they can't." They knew they had to get to a better right. state. Yeah. But there are some areas where the conservative, that strong conservative hellfire brimstone, still holds true. But not for the most part. The the American or the Northern Baptists, 
um, for the most part, there's good churches in that, but for the most part, they have bought into a lot of the progressivism, liberal, liberal, liberalism in the mm, church. Okay. And that's, so up, you'll that's find, up north further yeah, than up us. up north. Okay. And you'll find a number of them that deny that the scripture's from God, that deny the deity of Jesus, that um, not all of them. I don't want to paint a broad brush. Sure. But generally, yeah, when progressivism has hit Baptist, it's been more than Northern Baptist. So. Okay. So how, tell me how we're different than all that Southern Baptist. How we're different? What, I feel what's like, like our distinctives that set us apart. What I feel like about 12th, here's what I feel like, um, what I love about 12th and about me. I am not a Baptist. In a minute, I want to talk about Baptist distinctives and why I think if I were to pick a group that I think is closest to scripture and where I'm at, Baptists fit it. But I'm a follower of Jesus. The name doesn't matter on earth on our thing, whatever that thing is out front. On our sign? Yeah, our sign. Um, if I went to another community, if I retired, I moved somewhere, I'm just looking for the healthiest church. The name doesn't matter. Yeah. I want a healthy biblical community. Yeah. Um, and I feel like 12th is that way. We are, my guess is, is I think we probably are about 15% people who have a Baptist background. Right. We are a mix of people who've come out of Presbyterian churches, Methodists, all that. And I feel like we are about Jesus here and the the kingdom of God's what matters and we want to be a unified body living for the kingdom. So I feel like 12th has a really great feel to it. And um, I think most people here, I remember I, we talked about Southern Baptist last year. Something came up. Oh, it does something about the news about the, the abuse stuff and all that. And then I said something about it and I had a number of people like, I didn't know we were Southern Baptist. So that's we're not just running around throwing that thing on us. That's not our identity. I really want our identity to be about Jesus and following him. So okay. that's one way I think we're really unique at 12th is I'm happy to be a part of the Son of the Baptist Convention, but we're just about the kingdom of God. And I understand that about 12th. I'm with you on that. I really love and appreciate all those things. Um, you kind of give us a picture of like what it means to be maybe American Baptist or independent Baptist, but Southern Baptist, if you talked about what specifically happens at a Southern Baptist church. It isn't happening at those other kind of churches. Yeah, probably just that cooperation. Okay, so that um, we are into that cooperation. That there's more to of that cooperation, degree. yeah. And okay. we don't do it to the same degree. If you're a pretty strong Southern Baptist, like all your mission money is going to IMB. The cooperation is really okay. strong. Like you're sending members to to the Kansas, Nebraska annual meeting. Okay. And they're voting and we, we just don't do that near as much. Okay. So we're not nearly as invested in the hierarchy, not hierarchy, I don't know if that's the right word. We're not nearly as invested in the, in the bureaucracy of it all. Okay. We're just a part of it. We're just. We're not sending members to the annual meeting. No. We're not doing all that stuff. But we do appreciate being a part of the KNCSB and the Flint Hills Association. Uh -huh. And we support them financially and we do benefit from resources from them yeah. sometimes. So. That's almost how I feel about government. The, the more local the government, the better because it's more accountable and there's more resources that help you and understand you. And that's how I feel about this. I love the association. The state is what's most important to me. Okay. I don't not care about the larger thing. We can talk at the end about that. But, um, And I'm happy to be a part of it, but I'm more about the people around here that I know and rub shoulders with. In yes. Area. I think we would all agree with that. Yeah. Did you want to talk about Baptist distinctives? We need to. It's really significant. So, like I said, I don't define myself as Baptist, but what I what I love about Baptist traditionally, forget the let's throw out the conservative or the hymns or the, you know, the yeah. the preacher sweat forget and hellfire and brimstone. Throw that forget out. Forget everything you've 
ever thought let's define it about baptists historically let's... and i really love where they come from they come out of what's called a free church the free church tradition out of the reformation some of the reformation churches a lot of the reformation was led by catholic priests martin luther um calvin had been a priest um there were just others and they tended to so they created lutheranism and there was a lot of the catholic like hierarchy that was part of it the free church people were the people who are like, you know what, in Scripture, we don't even see that. We're just going to have our churches in our community, and that's all that matters. And so Baptists come out of that free church tradition. So if we were to take the word Baptists and make it an acronym, here are the eight distinctives. So B for Baptists means biblical authority, that the Bible is our sole and final authority. That's what determines what we believe and what we practice. Okay. Not There's no dude. There's no Pope dude. There's nobody hiring us that tells us what to Wait, do. we don't have a Pope? Yeah, can you believe that? We got to get one. I, I try sometimes to be one, but <laughs> in a Baptist world, it doesn't work. No, I don't even. Yeah, the Bible is our ultimate authority. Yeah, Bible's our ultimate there's authority. There's no person on top of the throne saying, we're dictating to you what to do. No, it's it's God's word that directs yep. us. And that somebody in the sitting in the pew could, you know, understand scripture, come to a conclusion that may be more accurate than mine. That, but the, the Bible is what matters, yes. not even what Garen says or right. John or anybody says from up front. Yes. A is autonomy of the local church, that a church is autonomous. We decide our own things. We set our budget. We hire. We hire. We choose our pastor. We decide where we're going. There's nobody in a head office somewhere saying, we're going to send this pastor to 12th Avenue yeah. in Emporia. And we're going to make the decision. Three years, and then we're pulling them out right. and putting another one. Or if we determine what, what do we want our deacons and elders or whatever to look like, nobody's we, telling we us. We get to shape all that. That's, we shape it. Okay. We shape our own self. And I totally agree with that. I okay. think that's very biblical. The P, priesthood of the believer. that we're, It kind of goes with what we taught with biblical authority. We're all priests before God. And I live my spiritual life. We all follow Scripture. Scripture's central. But outside of that, in some of those gray areas, I, with the Holy Spirit's leading, um, not in a consumer individualistic way, like I'm just going to do what I want, but I, I just take my life before God and I can interpret Scripture on my own. And, you know, I want to do it in community, but I'm my own connection to God. I don't yes. need anybody between me. You don't need a medium don't, to get to God. You don't yep. need Garen to pray for you. It's You have a straight nope. line connection to God. And Garen, you're really good at emphasizing this on Sunday morning. I feel like for new people coming in, you make this abundantly clear that there, you are a priest um, in the holy priesthood, meaning you can walk into God's presence anytime yep. and speak to him. You don't need us or... Yep. And you can understand the word of God without me. Yes. We don't need to explain and, God's word to you. Yeah. You can sit there and read it and understand it for yourself. Yep. And if you want to decide, do I wear a dress or jeans? In the independent final Baptist world I came up, they were dictating all the time, like women have to wear dresses. If mm. you're going to come in here, in a, that's not Baptist. Baptist is like, you de You determine that. If you feel like you're if free you before rock, the Holy Spirit to wear jeans to church. If you, you want to rock that Tyree Kill jersey. Yeah. You know, we don't, we're not, we're not in love with it. We'd rather you rock, you know, Maybe a maybe a throwback Isaac Bruce or Marshall Falk jersey, yeah, right? Maybe a little Larry Zonka, yeah, Larry but, Zonka or uh, but you have John the LA, right to wear whatever yeah. you want. You can. We might think that's yeah, not the most biblical choice, but we're making a joke about it. But I think that's a big hurdle for some people because some people, I think people fall in different camps on this. Some really feel like I've got to dress up for church and uh -huh. and look good, and yes. some people will just wear their jeans in yes. a in a tank uh -huh. top and. That feel no conviction. And I think 12th is a rare place where those people can sit next to each other yes. in a rows and both yes. worship Jesus together. And we don't sit in judgment. And that's what my, in my independent fundamental Baptist background, 
there was a lot of judgment going on of like, you're not dressed right. Yeah, or you, right. Went, you went to the theater, like you don't go to theaters or you play cards or, oh, yeah. and 12th's not that way. And I want to keep us that way because it's this idea of the priesthood of the believer. That if I, I want to dress my best for Sunday, I can do that. Yeah. But if this guy wants to wear shorts and a, you know khakis and a polo, they can do that. That's, yeah. you got that freedom before God. I remember when I was scheduled to like teach in front of 12 for the first time ever, before I even worked here, it was like, I was going to teach and they were going to decide like if they wanted me or not. I was really nervous. And so I was trying to dress to impress. So I showed up with like slacks and a nice shirt and a tie. And back then Al Earhart was the pastor and he pulled me aside and he's like, listen, you can't wear that tie up there. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you will be the only person in the room with a tie on and I don't want that for you. So take it off you know, like roll your sleeves up, undo that top button and you'll look much more. And I, and I felt fit right in after that, but I was trying to dress way too, way too flashy. Yeah. And he was like, I want you to fit in here. Cause it's very like, come as you are. Some people will dress nicer, some will not, but I just love that we're all kind of making it about Jesus and not any, any like secondary issue here yeah. at 12th. So, yeah. so that's priesthood of the believers. Like the big issues, you know, the scripture, who is God, who is Jesus. We agree on that, but we give freedom to this priesthood. The second one is two ordinances, the T of Baptist, is we really believe there's two, and we don't call them sacraments. I don't want to get into all that, but two things that the church is commanded to practice by Jesus, and it's in the epistles, which is we baptize believers, um, people after they've committed to Christ. So we do baptism, we do the Lord's table, Lord's Supper. Yeah. And those are the two things that we believe that we're kind of given to the church yes. as things we do to help keep us gospel focused, um, you know, because they both are pictures yeah. of what happened with the cross. So let's talk about, it. let's talk about baptism. We have a very specific view of baptism. We're very, we're very loose on a lot of things. Baptism's not one. We believe there's a certain way to do it and there's other ways not to do it. So you're saying a believer's baptism. Yep. Believer's baptism is critical. Meaning somebody who has confessed Christ can come and be baptized here. Uh -huh. We don't want to baptize people as infants. Yeah. We don't We don't want to baptize somebody before in any way, before they have confessed Christ. Yeah. And we believe in a full immersion baptism or would you sprinkle somebody or what's the yeah. deal Traditionally, with that? Baptists have believed in immersion. I think it's biblical and we don't have to go over that right now. Why? But at 12, we will, if, somebody's, if somebody has been poured or sprinkled after they become a believer, they've had believer's baptism, that we will accept that. Yeah. So we don't ask people to... Or if somebody like for a medical reason couldn't be dunked, uh -huh. right. you don't say, well, tough luck, we can't baptize. I mean, you would make a concession for them. But we very much Baptists traditionally have believed in, in believer's baptism. That yes. it is. Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, then baptize them. And so right. it's after I have made that commitment to Christ. Yes. Baptism is just a picture of that, a public confession of it. And so, yeah, baptizing an infant who has no clue, no part in it, we would, Baptists would say that's, uh, that's not was the intent of right. baptism in the New Testament. So. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you would in no way say that person is not saved or right no, before uh, God nope, because not nothing magical is happening through a baptism. Yeah. It's just obedience to what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. And that whole Lord's Supper, I mean, if you get into fundamental Baptist churches, a lot of them will only allow members of their church to do it. And if somebody's visiting on the weekend, you have communion, they won't let you take it. That's what the church was like I was at. But we're very, we're like, if you know Jesus and you follow him, take communion yeah. with us. Doesn't matter. Here. Can we talk for a second about membership and what that maybe traditionally means at church and what your view of it is and what you'd like yeah. it to be here? Well, actually in a minute, we're going to hit 
one of these is a membership. So let's, oh, let's, let's hit that. In let a me second. reholster that one. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Put that so the and... two, we don't want to say sacraments, but the two practices that our church does uh -huh. is we think Jesus commanded a believer's baptism and taking Lord's Supper together, yep. taking communion together. Yep. Okay. So that's the T. The I is individual soul liberty, really closely connected with priesthood of believer, but that um, I have the ability before God in the gray areas that scripture doesn't address to determine what I'm going to do. And he gives me that liberty. And I actually, I'm likely going to preach on this idea out of Romans 14, 15, 1 Corinthians 9 and 10 next spring. Because to me, this idea of Christian liberty is a really significant idea. Can you give us a, just a really quick example of something this would apply to and maybe would not apply to? Yeah, I think your, the clothing thing we just mentioned a little bit ago, really, maybe I should have directed it more under here. It's like, um, as long as I'm not running around immodestly, that if I'm, I'm modest, scripture calls us to be modest, but as long as I'm modest, what I wear doesn't matter to God. And yeah. I de determine that before him. And that's what soul liberty is, is, is the idea. I go before the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what's, what's best for me? Okay. Um, even something as simple, Scripture is very clear that becoming drunk is, is not right, to, mm -hmm. to lose control of my body. But Scripture says nothing about, you know, having a beer or a glass of wine. I mean, communion initially was wine. And mm -hmm. Jesus, you know, turned water to wine. You know, it was diluted a little bit with water, if you know much about it. Paul told Timothy, have wine. So do I, you know, do I have, do I have beer to cook out? That's between, the scripture doesn't talk about that. So that's between you and the Lord to figure out. Yeah. And you have the soul liberty. And I can't judge you on that. I give you the freedom before the Lord to live faithfully before him. Sure. And I live faithfully before him. So that would be probably another area. Isn't there a big stigma with Baptists and drinking? There used to be. And, and that I think came a lot. Yeah. Because it got tied really closely to the, what was that movement? Um, the temperance movement. But a lot of the, a lot of the main proponents of were Baptist and, and there, for good reason, because alcohol was out of control and was wrecking a lot of lives back then. Uh -huh. And so it got, it did get very tied to that. And the church I was at, if you drank, if alcohol touched your lips, that was a top 10 sin. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's not, did they it's count, not a, did they count down the top 10 sins like David Letterman? Was it that fun? Like, it wasn't. And number it, six. But no, but you could, I could have guessed it really easy. The things, Yeah. You know, I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't date the girls that do. Those were top three right there. But yeah, just that I have the soul I mean, whether you're Baptist that. or not, dating a girl who chews, probably, <laughs> yeah, just probably. probably not wise. <laughs> yeah, unless you're, as Caleb would say, you're a boogan, you live in boogan country, then maybe. But, Spirituality aside, that's just not a good idea. So that, that would be an example of that, is okay. maybe how I choose to dress. What would something or, that is not up for debate, like what would not apply to that? Yeah, to me, orthodoxy. It's, you know, it's those core beliefs of, um, of what's a, what what I believe about the Bible, about Jesus, about God okay. and His nature, about salvation, how am I saved, the return of Jesus? That's kind of the core. Okay. And then anything that Scripture is clear is a sin. Yeah. Especially in the New Testament. Okay. Is clear as a sin, then that's then you know. So getting drunk, that's clear. Right. Um. And so you just don't do that. So but outside it, of that. So I can't claim individual soul liberty when I just want to pocket something from the Walgreens. Yeah. Nope. That because it's up to me, this is between me and God. It's not yeah. like that. No, not like that yeah, at all. Cause the, the scripture is very clear yeah. on stuff like that. Okay. But it's just in the gray areas where scripture doesn't really speak to it. Gotcha. And it's like you before God, the key is before God with the help of the Holy spirit, you make a decision. It's not yes. just whatever. It's not that individualism, and whatever that can, I want. And that can be really, a slippery slope because we can abuse that. Yes. And say, well, 
I don't feel any conviction, so I'm going to do this. Yeah. But really the key is that you are walking with the Holy Spirit and that he is informing those decisions alongside yep. you. That's why Paul and Galatians and I think Peter both say, don't use your liberty as an occasion for yes, the flesh. right, yes. Because yes, it is easy for it to become about being a self-centered individual consumer just doing what I want, and that's yes. not the point of it. Okay. It's am I surrendering to Christ in this decision, really taking it before him? Okay. And yep, forming my own convictions. So, so that's the I. Yep, that's the I. The S is a saved, baptized church membership. And this is kind of where membership came in. Okay. Because in a lot of the churches, the old churches back after the Reformation, if you were born into that church, you're automatically a member. And the Baptists were really big on that salvation and new birth can only happen by somebody who understands the gospel. If they're old enough to understand their sin, understand the gospel, understand what Jesus did. They accept and receive his gift of forgiveness. And then once you're a believer, you get baptized. And once you're a believer, you can become a member of a church. But they did not believe in, there was a, an unregenerate membership or it isn't just everybody in town that shows up as a member, which that's kind of how a lot of church, if you were in the parish, you were kind of a member. Well, wouldn't we agree with that? I mean, we wouldn't admit somebody as a member here at 12th if they no, right. weren't saved. Because right? that is a very Baptist kind of thing. Okay. And that's a really strong Baptist emphasis is that, gotcha. that saved, baptized membership. Yes. So. And so you asked, what is this whole thing of covenant membership? Yeah, let's and talk about that. That's Again, that's that idea of a member, not as a member of a club. People are probably getting tired of hearing me say this, but that biblical idea, the organic thing of um, bodies have members. I have a member of a body. I'm a member of a family. So it's a really, it's me saying, it's I want a covenant. Thing. Yeah, I want a covenant with this body and I'm going to be engaged. And we ask yes. people to do it, that you're engaged in the, yes. those Gs that I walk with God. And I'm going to give, I'm going to use my gifts. Yes. I'm going to gather large and small, and I'm going to try to share the gospel and live in grace with people. So yeah, it's saying, I'm in with this. I'm throwing my lot in, and it's not just, I'm going to show up and warm a seat. Yes. I want to be a part of this body. So traditionally, church membership has meant, I'm saved. I'm My name is written in your book. I give X amount of dollars a week. I'm a part of the club. I get to vote. Like, yeah, I And I just kind of sit rights. there, and I'm just... I feel good because I'm a member. It's kind of a club, right? Uh -huh. And you're saying, let's make it an active thing. Yes. Like, a, like, a, like your members of your body are active. Like you're yes. a member of your family, you're active. You are taking part in things. Um, yeah, you're a part of this living, breathing organism that is 12th. It's not just some club. Yeah. And I, that's another thing that I really love about 12th and haven't really seen a lot of other places is that this is the view of not just membership, but covenant membership. Yeah. That there's an active side to it. And right now our deacons are going through and calling everyone, right? In uh -huh. the church. Yes, everybody that is a covenant member. All the members uh -huh. and saying, hey, as a member, how are you doing? And it's just this relationship that's alive and dynamic. And it's not like, all right, you were baptized back in 1998, so uh -huh. you're a member for yeah. life. I see it once every six months. And, right. But come vote on the budget in yeah. December. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that, that emphasis on a membership that are people who know Jesus and are baptized. And then the T of Baptist is two offices that they believe there's two kind of offices in the church. I don't even, that word office is interesting, but there are the elders or the people who, who give spiritual leadership. And that's our deacons. And then there was a group yeah, I don't want to get into all this language. Scripture talks about deacons that were really just servant leaders. So the two offices really are their spiritual leaders and their servant leaders. And okay. so our current deacons are those spiritual leaders. They're the guys okay. that help guide the ship to watch over it. They want to shepherd the flock. And by saying that, they're saying that's all a church has. So this idea of having a pope or a bishop over us or a superintendent up in wherever in the headquarters that tells us what to do. They're like, no, there's only two like legitimate offices and they're in the church mm. and the church selects them yeah. and votes on them. And 
you know, gives their approval. Okay. So cool. And then the S, the last one is a big one, separation of church and state. Because Baptists traditionally, wherever they were, because they were not part of the state church. So in Germany, it was Lutheran. And, you know, in England, it was the Anglican church. Um, and they continue to get persecuted by the state. And they're like church and state are separate spheres. They don't belong together. And they were really big on separation of church and state. And they're like, the church deals with spiritual things, government, the state deals with government and running civil things in our culture. They're the ones who punish. They're the ones who create laws. And that there needs to be a kind of a separation of them. And the Baptists actually were the ones in America who, who fought to get that in our constitution. And the Danbury Baptists in um, Virginia hmm. are the ones who influenced Thomas Jefferson to include it. Um, and, and the idea of separation of church, and, wait, boy, there's a lot we can talk about that. It's been really misconstrued in our culture now to where they're like, there's no influence from religion, should be zero influence from religion. That wasn't the point. It was The point was actually the other way, that, that states cannot decide who your pastor is. They can't yeah. tell you what to believe, that right. the government keeps their nose out of the church. That was the intent, not that church can't influence or Christians can't influence our culture. Right. It was like the state has to stay out. That was a big deal to them. So that's the Baptist distinctive. So those are eight Baptist distinctives. Uh-huh. And those are things that separate us from other, what we'd call denominations. Yeah. And-, and I agree with those. And I'm, I'm totally on board. I think they're biblical. So I would say I am Baptistic but I'm committed to Jesus. But of, yeah. the, of all the groups, these things that are their distinctives, I'm like, I'm good with all of those. So, yeah. so. you're not going to wave the big Baptist flag and die on the Baptist hill because you reserve that for Jesus, but you agree with everything in the Baptist faith and mission. You agree with the eight Baptist distinctives. Um, 12th Avenue is a Southern Baptist church because we follow these things yeah. and believe these things to yes. be true. Um, okay. And so that actually comes understanding. to, there's been some stuff happening now. Yeah, we kind of wanted to build it to a head here. We've already been going for a while, so we will try and not be on too much longer. But if you've been following Baptist news at all, you know that every year there's a national convention of Southern Baptists and that's where the really big issues get hashed out. And so recently there was one and um, it was in California, I think. And there's just been a lot of news articles written about what was discussed there and things that are happening and churches are leaving. And from the outside, you may be like, whoa, that's a big mess. What's going on? So Garen, if we're not up on our Baptist news, would you take us through kind of what's happening in that world and what it means for us? Yeah. The big thing, the big issue really has been this year is women. What's their role in church? Mm -hmm. What's their role in leadership? What's their role in ministry? And there were some concerns because there are Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches that maybe have um, women in different roles that maybe even has that word pastor title, even maybe pastor of women's ministry or pastor of children. It's just really interesting. I don't want to get into it too much. But that whole idea of women in ministry has become a big deal to the point that Saddleback Church is probably the big one. Rick Warren, probably, if you know Purpose Driven Life, um, uh, some of the head dudes in it said, we think they should be excluded from the Southern Baptist because they actually have a woman called a pastor now that he's leaving, um, her and her husband co-pastor. And Rick Warren, what he said was, is look, we're Baptists and we hold to the fundamentals together. We believe we're not unorthodox. We're about the Great Commission. We're Baptists. Like what good Baptists do is they they let us determine for our church where we stand on women in ministry. Right. And I would say there's people 
on across the board on women in ministry, different positions, who follow Jesus, love him, and are orthodox. And that that, from my perspective, that is at a level, a tier, that we need to let a church decide that on their own. So yeah. to, to, for me to be a good Baptist is let them decide that. Mm-hmm because they have biblical reasons and there are good people on that side. There's good people on the other side. And to me, that's just my feeling on it is let them decide that. If they were to start saying, Jesus is not the creator. Uh, he's the same as Buddha and Muhammad. Then they've left, they've yeah. left orthodoxy. It's like, right. yeah, you don't belong to us because we stand on that. So yeah. that's kind of, that's where I stand with that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that, and their vote was, is to disfellowship them and to say, you're not a part of us anymore. And I felt like the people who voted that don't understand what it means to be a Baptist mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. I, that's why to me, Baptist is the distinctives. It's these things. Yeah. And to me, in that debate, what people should have talked about is, hey, we're Baptist. We believe in the autonomy of the local church. We believe in soul liberty and the priesthood of the believer. And if they, their it. leadership goes to scripture and they decide that they can do this, to me, to be Baptist is say, have at it. Yeah. That's fine. Sure. So that's my, that's kind of where I'm at. And so what was that. the what was the pushback from the national gathering? Like, did they give any kind of justification for why they voted the way they did? Yeah, they or? had created, you know, in their Baptist faith and message back in 2000, they had put in the word, like, only a man can be a pastor. They had added that. And I don't know the whole context of that. And they said they were violating the Baptist faith and message. Which um, is this document that all Baptist churches are expected yeah, to follow? Yeah, the Southern Baptists, kind of their agreement of what it is. But again, I would say there's Baptist understanding that there's kind of tears to that of importance. And to me, a good Baptist is like if, you know, if a church, if they're being Orthodox and they're, they've come to their conclusion on that, then just to me, that's just, just that's where I'm at. Yeah, okay. So to me, being a Baptist is about the distinctives and... That's what I love about those distinctives and being Baptistic. Right. And I just felt like it wasn't very Baptistic, but I still feel like the Southern Baptists are, they're a good group and I'm, we're not going to leave them. I love their emphasis on reaching the lost and on missions. And to me, the core, what they're about at the core is what we want to be about. And so I have, I, I am fine associating with, with them. So, okay. Very cool. Garen, this has been helpful. Um, I think it's good that we understand what it means to be a Southern Baptist. It's good to understand what we believe about that stuff at 12th and why we believe it and who we belong to. And it just helps us to understand a little bit more of who we are and where we come from. So appreciate the time. Yeah. It's been good. I think it's an important topic and I'm glad it, it came up. It worked out great. I felt like yeah. with David being here and I'm not, and it was a great time to talk about this. Yeah. It was your idea. Great idea. No, not. Not my idea. You're, you're the Pope here, man. You're nope. the one who really runs the show. Nope. I'm <laughs> Melvin Gordon waiting to get cut. Okay. Guys, thanks for being with us. Um, this has been a good conversation. So hopefully you understand a little bit more of who we are and where we come from. Next week, back with a regular wrap-up. So we will see you guys then.